Supporter Notions is brought to you by FaceFace Games, Canada's number one source for magic singles and products. Check us out at facefacegames.com. Uh, let's start with some bannings. What would you guys like to see banned in the new year? Travis. Good evening and welcome to episode 62 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, just two of the regular hosts. First of all, it's Will. Uh, since this is the fourth time we've done this, I already came up with three original jokes. I'm not doing a fourth. And it's Travis. So, <laughs> What is that? So, that is a formal greeting in the state of Alabama. Uh, right before they run out of the state. This is the very special holiday wish list episode of Horde of Notions. Uh, Adina not with us tonight, as she is currently at SCG LA playing in a two-headed giant event. So what we're going to talk about is stuff that we would like to see in 2013. Uh, let's start with some bannings. What would you guys like to see banned in the new year? Travis. <laughs> I would like to see... No, no, I'm on the no, fence. No, no. I, I really would like to see what modern is like without Blood Braid Elf, but at the oh, same time, I really no, don't no. want to see it banned. Not this again. Me, 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 Blood Braid Elf. Me, 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 Blood Braid Elf. It does it, not it's the only part I can think of from Jund, because Jund is, it's it's almost too good, but at the same yeah. time, you know what the problem with Jund is? You know what the problem with Jund is, though? Is that it happens to have three colors that have a whole bunch of good cards, and people just put them together. Well, four now. Yeah, four now. Also, honestly, I think if you ban Bloodbraid Elf, then people are just going to play, like, what, three Olivia's in there? The deck might actually get better without Bloodbraid. Or Huntmaster. But that's the thing. I would like to see the design design space and the play space opened up. I mean, people have been saying that, well, if you ban Bloodbraid Elf, Jun just gets better. So then why are people still playing Bloodbraid Elf? Because it's the it, it fits the Jun perfectly. It's the accidental I win card. Okay, but if the deck gets better with something else in that spot, then that 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 does that sentence just makes no sense. I, I'm playing Bloodbraid Elf because it goes in Jun, but if I don't play it, the deck gets better. I mean, well, it's just here, like here here's the thing, right? About Bloodbraid Elf is that Bloodbraid Elf's power is one: the fact that, like a three-two haste is fine, but it's that it cascades. So essentially it's random, but, you know, considering you're playing, like, the best one drops, two drops, three drops in those colors, you, Bloodbraid Elf essentially hits, like, one of the best cards in the deck, right? So Bloodbraid sure. Elf itself is not, say, the best, is not, like, say, the best card in the deck. But what it hits essentially is, although what it hits is random, so it's possible that it doesn't hit. I, I mean, if you were to compare Bloodbraid Elf to, say, Olivia, like, Olivia is obviously a better card than Bloodbraid Elf. I'm not sure anyone would really disagree with that. 
Sure. Okay. In fact, I um, think Blitzoff is just certifiable proof that all Magic players are degenerate gamblers at heart. Uh, uh, well, we had to do true as well. One of the team, one of my teammates, was playing Jund at the GP at GP Toronto and had a main deck Olivia. Not a bad call at all. It's that was very mine. good against Jund. Yeah, and and against Tron as well. Because you can steal worm coils, right? That's pretty much your only answer to a worm coil. No, I mean you you have other options. You'd be getting rid of worm coils, but it's definitely the easiest one. It's the best one. Yeah, yeah. You know, pay seven mana, take a worm coil. Seems good. And the dodges pyroclasm. Yay! Yeah, and abrupt decay. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, okay, so Will wants to ban Travis. Travis wants to ban Bloodbraid Elf. What does Bloodbraid Elf want to ban? <laughs> <laughs> Floral spasm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like... And there's sworn cannons. <laughs> maybe you can ban, like... Uh, going through... Just kind of going through the decks, right? Like, maybe you can ban Faith's Reward and Second Sunrise just as, like, for time issues. Or not just time issues, but for to save us from ever having to see that on a features match again. <laughs> I would like to ban Past in Flames. I could see that. It would. It's, it's not broken, but it would make those Blu-ray combo decks more interesting. I think. Yeah, it uh, makes fighting them those... harder. Uh, on uh, see, uh, I don't agree with you in that sense. If I think that if there's a card out of that deck that you're going to ban, it's going to be Seething Song. Well, we already banned Rite of Flame. I don't think banning the Rituals is the best plan. Right, I think I, I think if there's one to ban, right, like you'd ban uh, Seething Song before you were to ban no. Past in Flames. Past in Flames is a card that's just going to keep getting better the more instants and sorceries are printed. Like Snapcaster so, Mage. Like Snapcaster Mage. But the thing is, Snapcaster Mage only gets one thing. Past in Flames gives your entire graveyard flashback. The ability to cast it for free off a, a number of things in in the modern plus it's starting to see play in legacy as well right but the problem with like all of that is you need the mana to do all this stuff and what gives you access to that mana is the rituals but the rituals themselves aren't inherently broken past in flames is going to get more and more broken i think if if I mean, I don't actually think modern needs any bannings right now but past in flames would be the one i think should go Mainly because I want Dragonstone to be a deck instead of Grape Shuttle. Well, well, see, I, I I agree with you in the for the modern buying things, but I think if you get Pass and Rains, if, uh, rid of Pass and Flames, then Storm decks can just play Pyromancer Swath. That's fine though, because that means that you're relying on two sorcery speed spells to win, and that makes Cleeks so much better. It also makes Funeral Charm pretty good too. I'm, I'm confused. Isn't Pass and Flames doing the same thing? Shut up. Damn it! Just, 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 just checking. You know. Actually, the thing is, though, Storm can go off without Past in Flames, but it's harder. Exactly, it would make it a much more interesting deck. And yeah, and it would make it a lot fairer, right? Like Storm actually has to have a, a strong hand see, in order to go. See, off. I don't think Storm's a problem, though. Storm is a problem in that it it can just win a turn before the environment wants you to be able to win. Not only that, but it. It requires every deck to either structure the main deck or the sideboard in a way to combat it. Because it is, it's one of the boogeymen. Uh, they've said over and over again they want modern to be a turn four format, and Storm can reliably go off on three. 
Right, but, like, I think you need the Boogeyman in the format, right? Yeah, but I don't think it should be a turn three deck. Like, Twin is fine at turn four. Well, if you don't want it to be a turn three deck, then get, just get rid of Seething Song. I don't think Seething Song t- t- changes anything. Especially not with Electromancer. That is true. Electromancer really kicked it up on another notch. But, you know, this is all hypotheticals. Alright, anything else you want to see banned? Um, I could see Cranial Plating also getting banned. I hope not. See, I don't, I don't see that, because, like, Affinity needs something, right? Especially because they somehow have finally convinced people to start calling it robots, other than, and not Affinity, since, apparently, since the keyword Affinity is a boogeyman at Wizards. I I think it's called Electric Blue. <laughs> Regardless of what it's called, from my my sources, uh, you are if you go to Wizards headquarters, you're not actually allowed to use the word Affinity. Uh, otherwise, you're banned from Magic for Life. The security guards just show up and drag you out of the building. Uh, actually, they kind of drag you to the basement, never to be seen again. I would like to ban Guillaume Wafotaba from playing with Demir or Ozov cards. It's like I heard that somewhere. Uh, I Yeah, I suggested it before we started recording. That is a fantastic idea. They should add that posthumously to his penalty. <laughs> because, I mean, nobody wants to watch 17-hour top eight matches at Pro Tour Gate Crash. Yes, that, that, that's, the, that's the banning for Wafotapo. When he comes back, he's on probation and can only play Gruel. <laughs> no, he can play Boros, too. He can play Boros, too. He'll find he would find a way to top eight okay. with a control so, Boros build. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be playing control Boros. That'll be a thing. <laughs> yeah, I can I can get along with that. I do have a, a, a one to pose for you. Okay. Standard. Everybody's been there have been a lot of people complaining about Thrag Test. What do you think about banning Sphinx's Revelation? No. Well, no, you can just play Curse of Echoes. Boom! Reverberate, Dispel, Nevermore. Although I wouldn't be opposed to just banning Standard in general and just have everyone play Modern. (laughs) See, it sounds fun. I'm really laughing at the complaints around Standard right now. Oh, here's, actually, there's two things. Here's my complaint about Standard. Modern is just so much more enjoyable. Oh, I'm not going to argue with that. And secondly, and this pains me to admit, because, uh dear God, it would prove Lansdale right. But I got a message today from one of the guys who helps run the magic events at one of the local stores that I play at, and one of the local stores that I like playing at. So uh, this store has FMs that are standard. They've always had FMs that are standard. As of the first Friday in January, they will simultaneously be running a standard FNM and a modern FNM. Woohoo! <coughs> I already admitted that you're right, and it pains me to say that. <laughs> okay, so standard is only boring if you insist on playing net decks. Like, you can play rogue decks and do. Okay, you're not going to win with them unless, you know, everybody else is playing rogue decks as well. But, okay, in in terms of competitive magic, everybody has been saying for years, life gain is bad. The problem with standard right now is that all of the life gain is good. And it makes the deck, the games take forever. 
and it, they, they're just not fun well, I, to play. I think what's confusing about the the life gain that like doesn't make it fun is I, it still boggles my mind how someone can cast Sphinx's Revelation for six or seven and not find answers that win them the game. I think that's the one that boggles my because mind the most. they're not playing answers that win them the right, game. Right, just play jazz hands or something like that. Like, sure. But here's the thing. Remember when Cavern of Souls came out? And then we started seeing the uncounterable preview cards for Return to Ravnica? Yeah. Like, can, can we vote to go back to the time where, like, Cavern of Souls was, like, a huge problem? Because, like, that argument I just love. But remember when Control was dead? See, I never bought that argument. No, neither did I. Well, it's just that it's not 20 counter spells in a win condition now. It's 20 sweepers effects in a, <laughs> a win condition. Well, no, but it, I think it's worse than that, right? Like, on, honestly, I think life gain is worse than counter magic. Like, uh, I, like I kind of get the feeling that's what they did. They're like, we're going to take out p- counter spells, but we still need to find like some control amount. We'll just let people gain infinite life. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if drag test costs two and three green, I don't think we'd be having the life gain argument as much. I don't even think it needs to be that. GG3 would be fine. I don't think you need GGG2. Also, I don't really think that's an argument, right? Like, isn't there this Garouk Primal Hunter in this five-color deck that also features Nicole Bolas? Yeah, but that's Aliantrazi, and he doesn't count. He's a yeah. special chromatic lantern. <laughs> Even then, like outside of legacy, right? Like standard has like this insane mana base, and it's only going to get worse. Well, better in terms of mana base. Yeah, I was very disappointed to hear that they're not going to continue the uncounterable cycle and gate crash. What? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I know. It's very disappointing. Are they All right, not so going to continue the X spells in Gatecrash? Well, they, they're on. Well, the like X spell the, was just a cycle that you thought existed. Well, no, like, say, the the second Mythics for after... Uh, well, every set's going to have a set. Every guild is going to have a second Mythic. But there is an X cycle. There is not an X cycle. There's X. What's the, what's the Selesnia one? Selesnia doesn't need one. Oh, so Selesnia doesn't have one, is what you're saying? No, it's it's actually White Sun Zenith. They just printed it <laughs> two blocks ago. It's the ooze thing. Slime molding, yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, my. All right, uh, anything else before we move on to unbannings? Um, I don't play enough Legacy to comment on it. Uh, well, actually, in Legacy, if you could, like, ban... Do they take all the cards that are banned in Modern and ban them in Legacy... And I'd just be, like, happy as the bee's knees. No, I think that would be terrible. No, I think that's a fantastic idea. Actually, Wizards, get on that. Just look at what your modern ban list is, and then just ban those cards in Legacy. With the exception of, like, the Dredge stuff and the Artifact Lands. And, and Stoneforge Mystic. No, that definitely deserves to be banned. Yeah, Stoneforge was really crazy. Also, you can unban Wild and the Cattle and. uh... You don't have to ban Wild Nikado in Legacy. Uh, I think Legacy is fine. Uh, I would like to point out, Will, that the foil Deathrite Shaman that you have, you might want to look at the price of it right now. Okay, I'm going to go look at the price of it right now. While you're doing that, I'll just mention that uh, Deathrite Shaman is starting to really take the format over. Yep. 
And every, it's done the same in what? Everything but standard? Yeah, and I think standard, it's, it's only a question of time. Yeah. When you can I find a, a more reliable way to get lands in the graveyard, it will take over standard too. I think it's the, so I good. Think there, is, color, there is a more reliable way to get lands in the graveyard. Just play Reanimator. I think two color decks that can run Ghost Quarter are not far away. And Ghost Quartering your opponent's land, if you, even if you can't recur the Ghost Quarter, should be enough to make that, make Deathrite Shaman, you know, viable ramp. We'll see what Simic holds for it. I can yeah. see a blue-green deck that runs four Ghost Quarters. Well, we don't know what Simic is going to do yet, right? So it's hard to say. Probably going to run blue-green lands, though. You think? I like spoiler alert, guys. Simic is probably going to have blue-green lands. At least one. You just blew my mind. Well, no, like in the deck, right? It's going to have some islands. It's going to have some forests. It might have some breeding pools too. Probably, probably hinterland harbors. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Okay. What about unbannings? What do we want to see unbanned? I went first last time. Yeah, go ahead, Will. I don't really want to see anything unbanned in modern. I'm quite happy <laughs> with how this Who said is. said anything about modern? Just unbanned oh, actually, period. Actually, you can probably unban Tria Tales in modern. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think anyone's playing Greek in Affinity. It would make Affinity broken. Ancient Den, too, that come off. Well, no, uh, Ancient Den, there's uh, there's Tempered Steel affinities. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Mm, no, like, you, you could, like even, I, I don't even think Tree of Tales was ever played. Well, I, that's a lie. It was, I remember it being played in Standard at one point. But the only other time I've seen it was someone who showed up at Legacy Tournament who was playing Giant Growths in their Affinity deck because they didn't have cranial platings. That seems terrible. It does it doesn't have the same effect? Slightly worse. Maybe we could finally build a, a green metalcraft deck then. Shut up! <laughs> Damn it! It was a good idea. <laughs> uh, I would like to see Stoneforge Mystic Unbanned in modern. Not gonna. I think it's. I think it's finally time to remove Lynn Sivy from the blocks, the masks block ban list. I, I think she served her time, and I think she's fine in that format now. Well, you know, we were just playing Masks Block down at the store last week, and Lynn Sivy was just crushing face left and right. So I can see why Wizards has her on the ban list. No, I think, I think she's fine now. I think the changes in the metagame... I mean, nobody is really playing Rebels right now. Or Blue-White Skies. Is this an actual anything? conversation? <laughs> You don't play Mass Block every other week, Will? Come on. Are you <laughs> nuts? <laughs> like, Lin Sivy is pretty much the most broken card in Mass Block. Like, in, actually, okay, Lin Sivy in Mass Block is by far the most broken card of all time. Dude, Chimeric Idol is in that block, man. Come on. Okay. You, I would be more in favor of them reprinting Black Lotus in Standard. <laughs> than seeing Lin Sivy unbanned in Mask Block. Like, straight up. If they were to tell me, oh yeah, which one would we prefer? Lin Sivy and Mask Block? Which one is more broken? Lin Sivy or Mask Blocks? Or, like, four Black Lotus in Standard? I'd be like, Lin Sivy is more broken. <laughs> I just don't think you've ever played the cut. 
I agree. I, I, well, I mean, have you really given her her fair shake? Yes, that's why she deserves to be banned. I mean, how could you ban Xena? It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think I think you're falling victim to the hype machine. That's all. <laughs> Alright, on a serious note, uh, unbannings. I think Green Sun Zenith can come off the ban list in modern. That was mine. I, I agree with you. I can understand them being afraid that it would just make all green decks sort of toolbox, but it would give green decks that aren't Jund a very good way to fight Jund. Because Jund decks aren't going to play it because, I mean, it coming off a Bloodbraid Elf isn't very good. Not particularly, no. That and, I mean, the only thing it really else would get would be Deathrite Shaman, but you don't really want that turn two. You'd prefer to be playing a Tarmogoy for a Dark Confidant. I mean, sure, it's a one-mana ramp spell, but so is Noble Hierarch, right? Or take it off and put Dryad Arbor on. No, I don't think... Problem. I mean, the thing is, they're worried about people fetching Dryad Arbor with Green Sun Zenith on turn one, so that you have access to three mana on turn two, but there's so many ways to do that anyway. I agree. And... I'd much rather play turn one Noble Hierarch than turn one Green Sun Zenith for a Dryad Arbor, because Dryad Arbor is vulnerable to more destruction than Noble Hierarch is. And I actually think having that in the format, like going being able to ter- search for a Dryad Arbor could be detrimental for them, right? Because like whatever removal spell you're going to use on your one drop, they're just going to use on a Dryad Arbor. And it's not like exactly. you can use the mana right away. And that then helps their... Uh, Deathrite Shaman in two ways. Yep. And it makes that turn two Tarmogoyf huge. Yeah, I actually didn't think of that. That actually quite helps Deathrite Shaman. So, I mean, you know, uh, plus Green Sun Zenith doesn't go to the graveyard, so you don't have that. I, I think I think it's perfectly fine to come off. I agree. And I have another one that I think would be perfectly fine to come off. All right. Bitter Blossom. Ugh. All right, here's here's the thing. I think Brub Decay makes Bitter Blossom okay. All right, I think here's the thing, and I know Chris went, ugh. And it's the same argument that's made against Jace, right? Honestly, I think there's cards on the ban list, Bitter Blossom and Jace being two of them, that in the modern metagame would not be broken, would be fine, and would be acceptable. I think the reason why they're still on the ban list and they're going to stay on the ban list is the standard environments that they were played in, and to some extent the extended environments they were played in, were not considered as enjoyable environments, right? Like, there, there's yeah. a lot of negativity that surrounded that. And I think Wizards wants... Wizards are basically telling themselves, it could be okay, but rather than, say, letting it out there and seeing what happens, we'd prefer just not having it on there, not having the headache of, you know, essentially these cards that people don't like being viable, and just proceed with them on the ban list. Man, turn two bitter blossom, turn three intangible virtue, and black white tokens just seems very, very unpleasant. Eh, I, I think it's the power. I think its power level has gone down enough, and there are enough good cards to control it that it's not nearly as powerful as it was in standard. Um, maybe. I mean, Going it was powerful. And st- Spell Starter Sprite is still a thing. Fairies well, is sort of floating on the edge of playability in modern right now, and I think having Better Blossom available to it. 
Well, see, it is, but it isn't, right? Like, because you have Bitter Blossom, essentially, you have decks like Scapeshift, and you have decks like Tron that are running main deck Pyroclasm effects. Jun can have access to Jun Charm, which can also, you know, Pyroclasm away their tokens, and Jun also has access to Olivia on the high end, which can just basically be like, oh, two mana, get rid of your token, get a plus one, plus one counter, and you lost a life because you got that token. So again, like, I, I certainly think Bitter Blossom would have an effect if it were to be unbanned, but I don't think that'll happen just because it's associated with, say, a negative vibe, if you will. Right. Not to sound would, too hippy-dippy. I would much rather have Bitter Blossom unbanned than Jace. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I do not want to see Jace unbanned. What about you, Well, What would you like to see unbanned? Not just necessarily unmodern. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't play as much Legacy as I used to, and I don't really think there's anything in Legacy that can can necessarily be unbanned. Let's just before I before I say that, it looks like a complete doofus. Let's go and see what is on the ban list in Legacy, just to make sure. Um, <laughs> is Burton Cheney still on the ban list? Yes, yes, he is. I want him off the ban list because I like having villains in our game. Yeah, I'd like to see Mike Long off the Hall of Fame ban list. I wouldn't mind that either. There's a Hall of Fame ban list? Well, nobody ever votes for Mike Long because he's a chronic cheat. Oh, okay, like the uh, the Pete Rose ban list or the steroid yeah. user ban list. Okay. Pretty much, yes. It's the unofficial ban list. Right. Um, I don't really think there's anything in Legacy that I see. Ooh, Mind Twist. I think that should stay on the ban list. But I did play the last time that uh, Master's Edition was out and sealed. I had that in my deck, and that card is ridiculously good. Yes. All it, my deck basically went one drop, two drop, three drop, mind twist your hand, and I win. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross. It works. Uh, doo, 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 doo. Oh, there's nothing in Legacy that I want to see unbanned. Uh, I think... It's time to bring Mattignon back before Bertoncini. Like the the new Phyrexia has gone from standard. Wafotap is back. They forgave Luca Florent for what he said to Helen Bergio. I think I think we can bring Mattignon Who's back. Luca Florent? He is the guy. Oh, who, who used the R word? The R word. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think I like that. To be uh, to be a thing. I think if they uh, like, I could partially agree with Mattingo. Uh The only thing that I'd do is if they were to say reduce his sentence, uh, have it so that when he comes back, uh, Innistrad rotates as well. Just in case. Yeah, j- I mean, I, d- I don't know basically how much. I I highly doubt he had more information than just new than new Phyrexia. I think new Phyrexia was pretty much the end of it. But just yeah. have it so that. Not only is uh, Scar's block gone, but the block that was also in standard with it is gone as well, which would be two years, which, yeah. which I think is is reasonable. I would also like to see, and I mean, this isn't a banning as much as a he can't play. I'd like to see Zach Hall, or Zach Hill, Zach sorry, Hill. Uh, back in... I was going to say, my brother? You want my brother to play? Wait, you want <laughs> Zach Hill back in what? Tournament Magic. Because he's he can't play because he's recently left R and D, right? Right. He has like but a. He, he has a. How long is the wait? It used to be a hard three years. 
I don't know what it is now, and he doesn't actually have any idea either from his tweets. I think it has to wait until his all the decks he was participating with in the future future league are gone. That's possible. Hey, I'm but yeah, I, 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 no, I, he, like, he's he's basically on the co- he's on coverage, and I think one of the things that he adds to uh, certainly to coverage is that he's basically having been a developer. You have that side of it, right? So you have essentially, yeah. like, you know, the much more uh, technical and proficient side to coverage, which I think works well when you have someone who's, you know, extremely likable, like someone like a BDM, mm-hmm. when you mix him with basically, like, the, the hard facts, in-depth knowledge guy. Oh, yeah, I like him on coverage, sure, but I'd like to see him at GPs, too. I suppose. We're on the SEG circuit. Anywhere, just, like, he, he was a really good player, and, you know, he doesn't work for Wizards anymore. Let the guy play. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I completely understand why, you know, there's, like, the wait for it, right? I mean, like, Randy Bueller can't play, and, you know, he's the Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah, but that's because his wife works at Wizards. Actually, right. I, I think the very last sanctioned legacy match I played was against Zach Hill. Really? Yes. Did you win? No. Took it to game three. I was playing an almost casual Kobolds deck, and he was playing High Tide. But I managed to win one game because my Kobolds deck won with Brainstorm. Not Brainstorm. Uh, brain Freeze. So when he went to Brain Freeze me, I Brain Freezed him in response and decked him. That's, that's not a true Kobolds deck. Come on, get with it. It was Kobolds and Glimpse and play a lot of creatures and then Brain Freeze. Like I said, it was almost casual. No, no, you play mono-red cabals. At least, if you're going to do it, do it right. What are you, Roy Orbison, now? I'm going to assume that's a thing from, like, the 40s. <laughs> now you've got me wanting to build a, a cobalt deck and a legacy that runs Hellrider. Sorry, what What kind? Hellrider. Hellrider. Speaking <laughs> of which, uh, on Monday Night Magic, since apparently... No one wanted to be on this week. Uh, they let me on, and uh, Chewie and I had a uh, Hellrider Gristlebrand off. Yes, I cannot wait to listen to that. I'm such a geek. All right, let's move on to the next section of the wish list, which is things, new cards we'd like to see. Uh, I will start. I would like to see a green card that allows you to return lands from the graveyard to your hand. You mean, Something like, nice and you mean like life from the loam? Yes, but without dredge, so that they can actually reprint it. Or like the uh, the tree folk? You mean like crucible worlds? Is that green? Does it return them to your hand? What do you need them in your hand for? So you can do things with them? Like seismic assault? Yeah, there's a format for that. It's called modern, and it's called life from the loam. You're being very difficult. I just want to be able to recur Ghost Quarter in Standard. Makes sense. Okay. Maybe uh, a creature that when it comes into play, you can... All right. Where 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 to begin with that comment? Uh, you're, you've played Magic long enough, Chris. Do you remember Ponza? Yes, I do, and it was awesome, and I played it. Okay. Uh, do you remember what the problem with Ponza was? Wildfire OP? Uh... In, in part, but also the fact that if you weren't playing Ponza, generally it wasn't fun for you. 
This is true. So I forget how long ago. I forget when the last Ponza deck was. I think it was around when Urza Block was around, where the last true Ponza deck. Uh, Wizards essentially said, yeah, we're toning down the land destruction. Yeah, I don't want something that you can use every turn. Like what Travis said, a creature that when it ETBs, return up to two target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. And not only that, but with it uh, recurring ghost quarters, the only people you're going to punish are the people who aren't playing any basic lands. The people who are yeah. stretching their multicolored mana base to the limits. Which they've already shown they're willing to do. Well, it's not really stretching. So I would be fine with ghost quartering every turn. Well, every turn might be a bit much. I mean, you can do that now with Oracle of Moldire and Crucible of Worlds, right? Well, you don't even need Oracle. You can just do it with Crucible, but you'd never make another land drop. Is that really a problem, though? No, but now I want to build an Oracle of Moldire Crucible of Worlds deck in modern. I actually play Crucible in the... Is Crucible in modern? Uh, it, it is. It's intense. Well, it was also in Fifth Dawn, originally. Well, yeah. Which, so which, we fun, which fun fact, Crucible Worlds, uh, the picture on it is an hourglass. On the is it right? no. I want it altered. We were designing it as a community. Yes. We I want it altered to be that uh, from that episode of Doctor Who where the Daleks move all the planets into a crucible to enable them to do something that I can't remember. That's a fascinating story, Chris. It was awesome, though. It was a really good episode. But yeah, I play uh, online. I play Crucible uh, in my sideboard of uh, Tron because everyone has main deck tectonic edges for some reason. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else, what would you like to see, Travis? As if we didn't know. First up, oh, <laughs> Squirrel Rider, a legendary squirrel. I would like a legendary squirrel. Is that so much to ask for? I th- I yeah. think the picture that. Uh, of this legendary squirrel, Travis would like if the squirrel was uh, rolling on the tide. I think that would be <laughs> I, I, Travis's ideal squirrel. Right, we, just, we could make it like a green-blue legendary squirrel that's surfing the tide in. Wouldn't it be better if it was Gruel than it could be surfing on a crimson tide? That would work, too. Make it green-blue-red. Make it a Nephilim squirrel. Oh, God. A squirrel Because <laughs> everyone loves the Nephilim. <laughs> I would be fine with a Squirrelflum. Actually, uh, in uh, Dragon's Maze, which, by the way, is an awful name for a set, but regardless, uh, I think they should make uh, bring back some form of Nephilims, even though everyone hates them, that are legendary, and not because they're actually ever going to be playable in Standard or any, you know, non... For Commander purposes? Yes, for Commander purposes, so that you actually have every single general possible. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Okay, other other things. I wouldn't mind an Eternal Witness reprint. Oh. I mean, that would help you get, like, get your Ghost Quarter back every turn, Chris. Yeah, it does. Uh, I just, I don't know if, if they're ever going to do that. It would be an important thing. I think Crystal, I think uh, Crystal, I was thinking Crystal Shard. I think Eternal Witness would be fine. All right. And Maybe something slightly different, but... Functionally the same, yeah. I think I would like for Simic Charm to have uh, the modes of Rampant Growth, Fog, and Remand. Okay, well, Rampant oh. Growth and Fog are both green effects, Okay, and neither is blue, so... W- one, it's supposed to be an instant, and two, that card's not broken at all. No, not hey, you like This it. is a wish list. <laughs> <laughs> 
I could see non-creature remand, or even creature spell remand. That wouldn't be broken. That'd be fine. Uh, fog, maybe... Maybe fog and doesn't untap. That would work. And then, Just uh, tap and doesn't untap. That could yeah, be... Not, 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 no, no, but not like, no, that, not like sleep. I think it would be like one creature. Or maybe or two. Even, or even attacking creatures. You prevent all by attacking creatures do, they don't untap. I think it'd be one or the other. Alright, so Simic Charm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Simic and Gruel, because Rug is my favorite combination right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we can get out of that. Will, what are you looking forward since to? We are, since we are a PG-13 cast, I will not make a joke about Rug <laughs> being your favorite. <laughs> I do love me some rug. So what uh, what new cards would you like to see? I don't know. This is tough. See, I'm I'm a huge fan of spoiler season, right? Because I'm essentially like dumb as a doornail when it comes to like actual magic creativeness or whatnot. So I always love spoiler season, like seeing these cards and being like, "Wow, that's can't believe someone came up with that. That is fantastic." I would also like a one mana soul ring variant that comes into play tapped. See, for <laughs> see, I'm not I'm not really sure for gate crash in terms of like what I want to see for like uh for new card like there's no new cards per se but I know in uh, Dragon's Maze what I'd like them to do is uh, similar to what they did uh, in Dissension where they had uh, split cards that were gold that were had super cool interactions also if they could bring back actually bring back Fire Ice I'd be okay with that Fire Ice would be awesome. But yeah, so if they, you could have, well, essentially in Dragon's Maze, I want to see the, you know, some cool split cards and some cool, uh, uh, interactions, uh, like that. Yeah. yeah maybe I even, if, maybe even if Dragon's Maze, they like, some of the guilds combined, or well, not combined, but like, say, allied together. So then you had yep. like hybrid cards that are like, super off-color hybrid cards. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I want to see what they have in store for for us in Dragon's Maze because it's probably going to be wild. All right, let's move on. We've got a new block coming out in the fall. Obviously, we haven't heard anything about the setting. So, what uh, what are some settings we'd like to see for some new blocks? Well, you can start us off. I could. Well, I I think I, I'll see all Travis's here, right? And essentially, just have. Uh, an entire block dedicated to squirrels. <laughs> I think that, I think that's kind of like where Travis is going with this. Essentially, just have uh, the plane only have squirrels on it. From your lips to Marrow's ears, and and well, I I think you probably have to have like one deranged hermit somewhere in that in that plane. Besides that, you know, only squirrels. Oh dear. Uh, we well, I, I think we'll give Travis like a couple seconds just to kind of recover, and then get off. Yeah. I would like to see a Norse setting, hmm. Vikings and Tree of Life and Frost Giants and barbarians and barbarians, berserkers. And, yeah, I think I think there's a, a rich vein there that hasn't that really been explored. I mean, Ice Age kind of touched on it but there was so much missing that I, I think that they could easily get a full block out of that. You could have Frost Merfolk. Yeah, yeah, you could. I think that would be great. And, and like, Yggdrasil could be a uh, a card. 
the tree of life. That'd be like a legendary artifact or something. That'd be sweet. Well, I think also like because I mean, future site is kind of say the bank for stuff that you know could be coming or whatnot there. Yeah. And I think, well, personally, I'd like to see either Delve or Gravestorm in uh, in the next block. But at the same time, but at the same time, uh, there were two cards. There was Imperial Zor was one of them, and the other one was can't remember what it was, but it was essentially like, not, and it doesn't necessarily need to be dinosaur themed, but it was essentially just kind of like a, a simplistic, if you will. Uh, I forgot what it was. It was the it was the anthem that gave creatures I think plus one plus one if it had Mur- text on it. plus two plus, plus two. two. Muraganda petroglyphs is the right. thing you're thinking of. So if it had if you had uh, a set that was essentially based on that, right? Because I mean you're base you're coming off of Ravnica, which is huge on multicolor spells that basically mana bases that are just you can pretty much do anything you want with them. So to essentially kind of move towards uh, something that's much more simplistic and where you have a benefit of actually playing more basic lands as opposed as opposed to a whole bunch of shock lands. So the, uh, yeah, I, I, I can like that. kind of see that, but I think a set that said vanilla creature matters would be incredibly boring. Well, not vanilla creature matters. More like, for example, Imperial Zora was spend only mana produced by basic lands to cast this. Even though yeah. a five five four is, we already have that, and you don't have any drawbacks on it. But essentially, just have uh, kind of uh, a set that say has as a, an ability or mechanic is that you have to pay a certain cost of it, or there's a bonus if you pay a cost of it off of basic lands. Sort of like yeah, a kicker bonus. See. Yeah. So like basically, I don't know. Like say, let's say you'd have a three three for four, but if you cast it only with basic mana. Or land mana that comes from only basic lands. Like when it comes to play, you know, draw a card or you know, bounce something or something like that. Yeah, I would not be against that at all. That does sound awesome. Okay. At least fun. It could be the the, the uh, companion to like the next landfall set. You could make it sort of a, in a puritanical basis set where everything is sort of pure and white is the is the enemy. Because they're sort of trying to oppress everybody and impose like strict laws upon them. Well, not even puritanical. I think you kind of make it from the basis, right? Of essentially, there's. I think saying using the word faction is not what you want because you just had uh, scars that passed. But essentially, you have say uh, the we're going to use faction because I can't come up with another word as bad as I am. <laughs> <laughs> you essentially have uh, the faction that only deals with. Uh, you know, simplistic and back-to-nature roots or whatnot there, whereas you have, say, uh, kind of, if you will, like, the machines that are taking over. So you have, like, a more advanced uh, society there. So you have, you could kind of have the contrast where there's one, there's, say, a kicker, which is only if it comes from basic lands, where on the other side you could have, say, a kicker that it's only, like, if it's from artifact mana or if it's only from, like, non-basic lands. Or if it's only mana, if you pay only mana of a certain color for all the costs. Okay, seems fine. And if not, Wizards, if you don't want to either reprint that or Gravestorm or Delve, just give me my Burn Willow Psycho cycle. <laughs> <laughs> or even, like, the Nimbus Maze cycle, or the... I can't remember... Oh, my God. 
What is the Horizon Canopy Cycle? The Horizon Canopy Cycle, or my favorite one, which is River of Tears. That one. Which, yeah, River of Tears is, a, is an interesting way to, to do it. Which, I mean, technically people can say, oh, well, River of Tears kind of future-sighted uh, landfall. And to those people, I say, no, you're dead wrong. You don't have no, any idea what you're talking about. But no, because River of Tears, like, honestly, those five rare lands that they came out with in Future Sight are just fantastic. I love them all. Okay. <laughs> Travis, what about you? Where do you want to see us say? Uh, I, I have a couple of ideas. Actually, I think I have okay. three. All right. We, we, already, have, okay. we already covered Squirrel Plane, so... Three non-Squirrel ideas. Oh, okay, then. First up, like, a, either an urban or noir setting. Okay. Uh, maybe it's maybe even a little bit of Victorian. Okay, yeah, I can see. What but almost mystery themed, Sherlock themed. Uh, sort of a halfway between Innistrad and Zendikar. Right. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Also, wouldn't mind them finally getting off their silly whatever and doing a D and D themed set. Oh. God, I mean, everybody's I, been asking for that for a decade at this point. Is that a thing? Yes, it would be awesome, but I, I think there's just... I, I want to play with, you know, Elminster and Dredston. The thing is, how could you ever do that justice? I have faith in them. Maybe it's, right. Maybe that means that's why they haven't done it, because they know they can't do it, but, I mean, it would be great. Because, well, I mean, how do you make Drist? He can't be a planeswalker. He'd have to be one of the most badass legends ever. Is Drist a D D thing? Yes. You okay. treat to make him I've never played it. Like young Drist, or maybe give yeah, him a level, level up. The thing is, if we've learned anything from stuff like the X Men movies and stuff, no matter how you treat these properties, fanboys are going to hate it. And I don't. I think you'll scare too many people off and not attract enough. Will be like the Avengers. You'll pull in the crowd that was just casually interested because of the awesomeness. I mean, you would bring in the few D and D players to try to figure out magic because, hey, look, I've got another representation of my favorite character from my favorite game. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I just think. I mean, stuff like Fireball and Lightning Bolt are, have already been defined in Magic. So, you know, like I, I I think it's opening a huge can of worms. I think you could set it on the plane, like set it on Forbidden Realms. Oh, Forbidden Realms. Yeah, Forbidden Realms is it, right? Right. Forgotten Realms. Or Forgotten Realms. Or Dragonlance. Oh, Dragonlance would be sweet. Yes, it would. But you would have to leave the iconic characters out of it. Because you could never put them on a card properly. Like, even Young Drist would have to have, like, First Strike. First Strike... Like, the dude is untouchable in combat. Almost, yeah. Well, then can you just have the Gideon effect? No, you can have him, like, double strike. Creatures blocking or blocked by Drist lose first strike or double strike. You can have him double, er, double strike and death touch. But can you just, again, do, like, Gideon and just have prevent all combat damage? No. Because nothing should be able to hit him, let alone prevent Plus the damage. Plus, some, some of that awesomeness comes from the equipment he wears. Yeah, so you make equipment costs cheaper to hit him. That would be fine too. But so yeah, when like, he's fully I, suited up, yeah, he's a machine. But okay, so how do you cost that though? Is the thing like 
I think the setting is fine, but you'd have to leave the legendary characters out of it. Uh, if you're going to go there, I'd like to see him do one on like the Raymond E. Feist world with Pug and uh, all of that. Because then you can have Pug as a planeswalker, and that would be sweet. Well, they don't already have the. They don't already own the rights to that, though. That's what's so maddening. They actually own everything from D and D. They would have no problem doing it. They also owned Star Wars, and they didn't. Well, I guess they did make a game, but it was terrible. I would like to see a return to Dominaria. I can see that. I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but eventually, you know, eventually they're going to have to. Yeah, but they already did that. That's what uh, Tonsfire was. Yeah, but they can go back there again. I I, I I get that, but I think one of the things that was really cool about, uh, say, Time Spiral and whatnot, and Time Spiral and then Planar Chaos and Future State, was it was a very unique set experience. And I think they kind of want to, if, you know, it comes to the fact that they go back there, I think they may want to kind of redo, try and redo something like that. Right? Because, I mean, what's nice about, you know, essentially Legacy, right? Because Legacy... Like, Modern doesn't deal with it, but anything that is, you know, the old border cards or whatnot is entirely Dominaria. With the exception, yeah. with the exception of, obviously, the Time Star Warlock. So, essentially, within that entire history of Magic, even though, I mean, honestly, as much nostalgia as I have for a whole lot of history of Magic, there's a lot of really awful cards and really awful sets in there. They kind of, you know, it's very all-encompassing. So, when they went back to... Uh, to Dominaria with Time Spiral, they essentially, you know, recaptured a whole lot of bringing back every single ability that they've ever used. And so I think if they go back, they'd probably want to try something like that. Well, I think they're going to go back when New Phyrexia invades it. Oh, dear God, not this. Please, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're pretty sure we're going back to New Phyrexia because Ourobrask is going to be the leader of the revolution, but I don't want to see that next year. Ourobrask, the hidden... Yeah, that'd, I mean, that'll be fine five or six years down the road. Actually, actually, I'd, I'd be yeah, the shadows. I'd be okay with that because that way it'd give me something to say. Since Hellrider would be rotating, I mean, Hellrider would be rotating. Urbrask. <laughs> no, the shadows. Yeah, so see, I could be like Urbrask, the hidden, and then Chris would be like the shadows. <laughs> okay. All right, I have uh, one more. Have, yeah, go for it. Real world, like a history set. Like you were talking about the Vikings, bring up different historical contexts. Well, but see, that doesn't... Like I said, that just revolves around our world. But Because you need magic in it. And don't give me this Harry Potter nonsense. Well, you could do like an Excalibur, uh, King Arthur thing, I guess. Yeah, but at the same time, like honestly, if there was a planeswalker that would show up outside of my door tomorrow, I'm pretty sure everyone would get wrecked and have to, you know, bow down to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ancient Greece. Ancient Greece would be awesome. Anyways. Uh, like, pretty much any of the established mythologies I think I would like to see. I I wouldn't mind another shot at Kamigawa, either. But there is no more Kamigawa. There isn't? Why? What happened? Final Judgment. I didn't follow the storyline to that set. Oh, Okay. Uh, as I read the books, everything in, Kami, everything in Kamigawa, spoiler alert, people, you should probably tune away if you don't want to hear this, uh, everything in Kamigawa was destroyed, with the exception of, 
I think it, it was Konda, uh, Lord of Ganjo, and uh, I think it was his... I want to say his daughter, but it might, it might have also been Umizawa, because he was away somewhere else in the world on a quest. But, uh, yeah, in... I just want to... I know I'm going to butcher his name, so I just want to bring it up. But in the card, uh, Final Judgment... So, right, okay, so it goes, the Clashing Warriors turn to face uh, Ogakachi, which is the great kami spirit, uh, the greatest kami, and the sight of awe was their last breath. So essentially, as soon as he showed up, like, it just kind of ended. Which is, okay. which is also interesting, because he showed up in Betrayers, even though Saviors was the next set. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Okay. Uh, perfect. So let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Who actually, do we want to see actually, going in? There's, there's one last one, because I was just going through Future Sight. I'd love okay. to see a set that had Steam Flogger Boss in it. Yes, I want contraptions, damn it. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Steam Flogger Boss is a 3-3 three, three for 3 and 1 red mana, and its card text is, other rigger creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0, and have haste. If a rigger you control would assemble a contraption, it assembles two contraptions instead. <laughs> it's just like seems like the most ridiculous mechanic you could have. Not because it'd be say necessarily broken. Well, we're gonna have to come up with a new card type contraption. You'd have riggers assembling contraptions. Okay, so who would we like to see go into the Hall of Fame in 2013? I mean, LSV is a given. Who is a uh, who else will be entering the discussion? Well, let, let's not even do that. Let's just say people that you think should be in there. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Pakula get in there. Uh, Baby Huey. Yeah. Who, by the way, is a giant of a man. I met him at GP Toronto. He's also very and, nice. Yeah, he is, but he's he is incredibly tall. He, yeah, he really is. <laughs> I guess that's I, why they call him Baby. Well, that and he... Doesn't he have a brother who was on the Pro Tour, too? Uh... I believe so. But yeah, dude's huge. I went up to Owen to, to thank him for writing the Trigger article. By the way, Owen Turtenwald is actually a nice guy in person. And uh, Huey was standing next to him. Those two seem to be really good friends. They were hanging out the whole weekend. They are. They were uh, exceedingly... There's a quite big size difference. Well, and the thing is, Owen is not short. But even then, like, what's weird is that if you've ever seen David Ochoa in person, like, David Ochoa is tall. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> Huey just seems the dwarf David Ochoa. <laughs> yeah. You know who else dwarfs... You know who else Huey dwarfs is Conley. And Conley Conley's is huge. huge. Yeah. So, yeah, that 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 guy's big. Um, I'd also like to see Mike Long go in, but we've discussed that. I would be okay with Mike Long going in. But, yeah, so... Uh, uh, he, he didn't get in, did he? Mark Herbert. I don't think so. I wouldn't mind him getting in. Uh, another one that, I, that I'd that be okay with, which uh, back in the day when we had Fink on the cast, who he nixed it, uh, was Mark Justice. Or is Mark Justice. Isn't he, like, an even worse cheat than Mike Long? Okay. You can't be a worse cheat than Mike Long. <laughs> like, I, admittedly, there'd be some rehabilitation to be done to his image, but, you know, 
holy crap, actually, uh, breaking news alert. I knew his name sounded familiar. Uh, my fourth round opponent for GP Toronto was Hall of Fame eligible in 2007. Who? Uh, Matt Lind. Oh, okay, yeah, I know. Did you beat him? I did. And he was playing Tron, which is, like, because awesome. well, cause round three and four is always, like, my biggest pitfall. And, like, I lost yeah. round three, so in round four I was like, oh, dear God. And I remembered his, I, like, saw his name, and I was like, I get the feeling he's, like, known from somewhere. And then I beat him playing Tron, and I was like, boom! But regardless, that was the brief inter- interruption. Okay. Uh, Travis, what do you think? About Hall of Fame. Anybody else? Uh, I've already listened to. I'm good with those two. Okay. I'm. I have gone on the record numerous times as saying I would like to see a Magic Hall of Fame, not just a Proton Hall of Fame. And I think my first class would include both Marrow and Richard Garfield. Well, duh, on the second one. <laughs> well, I mean, could you? You could also say duh on the first one. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna seem totally because I agree, right? I I think they like in most Hall of Fames, right? You have essentially the players and the builders category. Yeah. Uh, so I'd actually have one that. I'd put in before those two, and that would be uh, BDM. You put BDM in before Garfield? Yeah, no one before Garfield. I would. Now, if the Felder Griff gets in first. Look, I, I, I understand that, you know, there wouldn't be magic without Richard Garfield. But I think when you look at, say, the greatest ambassador that Magic the Gathering has ever had, it's BDM first and there's no one second. I completely disagree. Now, I love BDM, and I think he's a great ambassador, but I think Marrow is far better as an ambassador for the game. But, like, Mar- most I, most people would, you know, not say no Marrow, right? Like, No, no, you're, you're mistaking the people who already play the game and the people that are already bought in, like us, with just the players. Like, everybody who knows what Magic is knows who Marrow is. Not everybody knows BDM. BDM is the face of the Protoss. Marrow is the face of Magic. Well, see, the other thing is, I, one of the, I think, key parts of Magic is essentially the New York scene of Magic. And I, I say New York, but it's essentially the northeastern United States of Magic, right? And, like, the most likable face from that group is by far BDM. I'd say Forrest is probably the most outspoken and, you know, in-your-face. You know, there's, there's a guy who lives in New York... Um, he's quite good at the game. Uh, somebody, John something. He's already um, in the Pro Tour, though. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm in the Hall of Fame, sorry. Now, I would probably put BDM in the first class as well. well but I, th- I think regardless, right, I think the other the problem that you'd have kind of with, like, the uh, the players and the builders category is you'd essentially have, like, the builders would be, you know, Garfield uh, would be Rosewater, would be BDM. You'd have... Randy Bueller? He's already in. Yeah, which is a shame. Seriously, Randy, talk to your wife. Tell her to quit Wizards. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you have essentially, you'd have probably like, say, five names. Maybe you could stretch it to ten that like would be in there. But then after that, it'd just kind of be like, yeah, no one else should be with that group, kind of. So I think that's kind of the, the problem you'd have with that group. Although I agree, there, there definitely should be, like, you know, some acknowledgement. But the other thing is that with the Hall of Fame, right, you get, 
you get your base your lifetime uh, Pro Tour membership locked up. What about everybody's favorite egomaniac, Mike Flores? Um, maybe not in the first class. Like, I mean, you'd have to be voted in, right? And I think the people who have votes would probably vote him in. But, I mean, he hasn't got 100 pro points, I don't think, has he? Flores, no. Uh, no. No, so it would have to be in the other category. I think even if you say that the people who get voted in not as players don't get the perma-invite. Just the recognition. Just the recognition, the ring, and maybe they get to go to one a year or something. Or even you can, I, I think you could have something like, you know, the Community Cup where they could be a fixture there. Or maybe a commemorative card that's not tournament legal printed in their honor or something. Hey, that would work. Like an unglued card for Garfield? Right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I think that, I think that would be really nice, like a sort of a unique way to acknowledge contributions to the game. All right. Let's move on. Actually, actually one more. I think they should fast-track Yuya in and tell him to stop pl- winning all these events. Yeah, it's pretty pretty obscene. Like, and Sh- Shuhei, at the same point, well, is, is starting to get stupid. Well, Shuhei's already in there, though. Yeah. But um, just tell Yuya. Be like, tell you what. Instead of letting you, putting you in in 2016, we'll put you in now, but <laughs> you have to play less. <laughs> Oh, man. And I think if Reed Duke carries on what he's doing, he's, he's a shoe-in as well. Well, let's see how he does at the Pro Tour first. Well, uh, he didn't, I was just talking with my good friend, uh, Mr. Todd Anderson, and he told me that Reed Duke already won a Pro Tour. Today, <laughs> today in fact. Actually, if you look at the top eight for the Invitational, it was pretty stacked. Like had Chicago 2000 stacked? No, no, nowhere near that. So it was Todd Anderson, Reed Duke, Matt Nass, uh, Ben Weinberg. Um, there was a couple of other names I recognized. There were two, only three names in there I didn't recognize. It was a pretty good top eight, considering the field. Oh, Adam Prozac was in it, too. I mean, Reed Duke has a GP title to his name. Matt Nass has a GP title to his name. Ben Weinberg was top 25 at Pro Tour Dark Ascension. Uh, Prozac has won numerous SCG Opens and is also an Invitational Champion. Anderson has an Invitational Championship and was runner-up at a couple GPs and was US team member. Like That's not a weak top eight by any stretch. No, it's not a pro tour, but that's a Grand Prix quality top eight. Fair enough. You have silenced your critics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they will ever be silenced. Where would we like to see a GP held in 2013? I mean, we've got the, the schedule already, but if they were going to add one GP, where would you like to see it? Well, since I have already uh, been graced with GP Louisville, I would not mind seeing GP Cincinnati. So you're not allowed in Louisville. <laughs> Just go in there wearing your Roll Tide shirt. They will <laughs> kick you out. <laughs> when I dye my hair and put on the fake mustache, I'm allowed anywhere. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of uh, GPs, though, I got some uh, breaking news uh, yeah, okay. to report. I just got a message uh, official from Wizards. Uh, they announced the uh, official hashtag for GP Quebec City. Uh, <laughs> the hashtag is now GP Everyone Makes the Pro Tour. <laughs> yeah, GP Soft. <laughs> because the incentives at GP Charlotte are through the roof. Well, they pretty much have to be because... The- 
the pros are going to need a heck of a lot of incentive to go all of that distance where they can just, you know, stay in Quebec and rent a car and drive five Did hours. Did you just understand the words that you said? What? Stay in Quebec. What's wrong with that? Okay. One, have you ever been to Quebec in the February? No, I mean, they could be in Montreal. Montreal is beautiful. Right, I get that. But at the same time, it's February. Like I live in Newfoundland, it's, dude. It's negative a gajillion degrees. Yes, I'm aware of that. And Man, it was like in the 60s here today. It was horrible. Yeah, and and in Quebec, right? Well, it's negative gaj- a gajillion in uh, Montreal. It's negative infinity in Quebec. <laughs> negative infinity. Oh, you're so funny. Yeah, but Charlotte is Charlotte. Yeah, you can go see Jack. Okay, so you're trying to make more people go to Quebec City now? <laughs> Don't forget, of course, that Charlotte is sealed and Quebec is standard. It is, and I think that's going to be a greater draw to be able to play. Because, like, Charlotte being sealed, it's going to be one of the first times you can play Gatecrash sealed. One of the few and only times, actually, you can play Gatecrash sealed. Sure, but a new standard environment with all the Pro Tour decks fresh in people's minds. Oh, so they're doing the Gold Rush again in Charlotte. That's why it's so awesome. That's why, yes. Okay, time to look up driving directions to Charlotte. Along with, like, infinite incentives. You get a, I don't know if they did it for the first one, but if you sign up for a side event, you get a Gold Rush envelope. No, you don't. It's only one side. Yeah, if if you win an eight-man. Yeah, if you win an eight-man, you get a Gold Rush envelope. It's not that hard to go, like, eight-man, eight-man, eight-man. Uh, no, it isn't. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, that's not straight off the topic though. I would like to see a GP in Atlantic Canada. I mean, I'm not stupid enough to think that St. John's is gonna get one, but GP Halifax is doable. See, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I understand that you'd obviously like to see that, I just don't think it would happen. Well, I mean, Halifax is driving distance from New England. So, you know, people from the East Coast in the, in the States could easily come up. It's fairly easy to fly to from within Canada and North America. And it's got the facilities to hold a GP. Like, there's a couple of places they could hold it. I mean, I don't like Halifax, but I think GP Halifax is just as viable as GP Quebec City. I'm actually going to do you one better, which I'm sure you'll love. I'd say it's more uh, realistic than GP Quebec City. (laughs) I honestly think that Quebec City is an awful idea. Well, it's a beautiful city. I mean, I, they should have held it the week after Winter Festival and not two weeks after. Yeah, well, actually, they probably should have. Honestly, if they wanted to, I'd say, attract the pros, like, it should be during uh, the Winter Festival. Well, the thing is, the Winter Festival is going on at the same time as the Pro Tour, I believe, isn't it? I think so. Let me check this up. Hello, Google. Be my friend. No, not, uh, dear God. In the meantime, so we've got Cincinnati, Halifax. What do you think, Travis? Uh, well, where would you like one? Um, I honestly would have liked it had Quebec City been in Ottawa. GP Ottawa would be amazing. I think GP Ottawa would have been cool. Otherwise, um, all right, let's see. Where do I want to go most in the world? Well, actually, I'm from Romania, so if you had a GP somewhere in somewhere in Romania, uh, that would be cool. Well, I'm not. I mean, my grandmother's from Romania, so I'm a quarter Romanian. But actually, uh, the place I want to go to most in the world is I want to go and visit Angkor Wat. So if you could put, like, a GP, like, GP Angkor Wat, that would be amazing. Oh, dear God. What's Angkor Wat, or where is Angkor Wat? It's an old... Here, I'll, I'll send you the link for it. It's in Thailand, isn't it? 
I'll send you the link for it. I don't want to, you know, spoil it for Travis. Okay. I would not mind seeing a GP in Antarctica. Just so they can uh, say they've been on all the continents. Dear God. Uh, organized play changes. Well, I'm pretty sure that everything we could have come up with has been nixed now since they pretty much made the program infinite times better. There you go. Right there. Is there anything, though, that, uh, that wasn't announced recently on the Mothership that we'd like to see changed in OP? I've got one. Okay. Oh, no. Mandatory handshakes after every match. All right. You already talked about this. That's an offline. Dude, let me, um, let me paint a picture for you. It's round nine of GP Louisville. You are six and two. I know this is a really hard thing for you to picture, Travis, but bear with me. Actually, I've been six and two at every single GP I've been in. <laughs> so, once? I've, ne- I've never lost a round at a GP. So, you're sitting down opposite this player who could easily wring his hair into a deep fryer and make everybody breakfast. Actually, actually Has, I think, uh, I'm going to paint so you So, you're saying Will's there. I'm, I'm gonna has, I'm gonna paint you a better picture because Chris is not doing this. All right. So has sores shush has sores all over his arm, can be smelled before he sits down at the table, and requires a second chair to rest his right buttock on. He then proceeds to smash you with eggs in one game that lasts forty nine and a half minutes, and he extends his hand and says, "Good game." Okay, I can do you one better, actually, Travis. I uh, would shake it. All right. So ra- <laughs> I'm not sanitized afterwards, but I would shake it. All right. You need to bleach yourself afterwards. So ra- round nine, you and I are sitting across from the table from each other, and uh, I just beat you with a deck that is altered so that all my cards have uh, an LSU logo or a North Carolina logo on them. Behind me, not is uh, less miles. Cheering me on and insulting you, while the entire while the entire LSU marching band is behind me, and I beat you, and then they go off in your face. The entire marching band. Are you going to be very happy and want to shake my hand? I would shake your hand. I may shank you out in this parking lot afterwards, but I would shake your hand. Do you believe him? Because I don't believe him. I don't believe him either. He'd probably you know, all I've got to do is point to the last, you know, soon to be three national championships in the last four years that Alabama has, and I'm fine. Okay. So, what about you, Will? What would you like to see change I think in OP? Handshake would be a good thing for the game, and still sportsmanship. If professional athletes at the highest level of competition, where millions of dollars are on the line, can shake hands after the game, then why can't we? Are we that? Do we look at ourselves as being that immature? Do we hold ourselves to that lowest standard? I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> I hope Wizards is listening, and I hope they instill this in the future, at least for features matches. Get a vid- you know, The video of them shaking hands afterward would be good for the community. I'm sure if Michael Jacobs hears this, he'll hunt me down and kill me, but that's Travis, you're so full of it. You really are. This is just not even a thing. <laughs> Anyway, well, what would you like to see? Uh, actually, well, first, because they had the organized cha- play changes, right, that they announced. Uh, Wizards, seriously, why are you doing this to me? I was quite content on, you know, essentially saying, Legacy's dead. I'm going to sell my Legacy stuff, you know, 
basically put that in some saving account and just play modern, and then they go and put a legacy GP in DC. That is, like, very uncool. So that's point one. Uh, aside from that, I don't know. Like, I, I like the... I think the bonus was unnecessary for pro PTQ wins, but it was nice. Uh, I, <coughs> sorry, I definitely think giving the top eight uh, Pro Tour invites was uh, was a very needed and added touch. Yeah, I'd actually like them to. I I, I read Palo's article and I'm on board with Palo. I'd like to see them get rid of the the special invites for Pro Tours. Uh, um, I'm like I'm not on board with it. Right, it's just you know you should have very specific guidelines as to how you can get onto the Pro Tour. And, like, the other thing that comes with it, right, is there's a lot of, you know, jockeying and uh, campaigning for those invites. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? Like, I'm more than okay with campaigning for KYT to get onto the uh, <laughs> the Gatecrash uh, Pro Tour. But I, I think they should just kind of get rid of them. Well, I can see two things here. The main reason behind the whole Planeswalker points change was to reward people who were in the similar situation to people like Gavin Verhey, right? Who top-eighted infinite PTQs, but very rarely actually took that final step. You know, they wanted that to be something that got rewarded with a Pro Tour invite. And I can see that. I don't like the sponsors' exemptions that people get just because they have names in other things. Like, I can pretty much guarantee you well, that Day 9 is going to get invited to PT Gatecrash. It's, it's the special invitations that, uh, it's for the names. It's the sponsors' exemptions, which are for, like, say, having done well. Cause, like, David, I thought it was the other way No, da- like, David Williams has a special invitation. Okay. Those are, those are the ones I don't like. See, Sponsors exemptions are fine. Here, here's the thing, right? And it's going to sound harsh, but if you deserve to be on the Pro Tour, you'd win uh, that PTQ. Uh, not necessarily, man. Like, what? Look at Pascal Maynard. Yeah, he won. Uh, how, he, like, won he won a PTQ for a Gate Crash. Yes, but before that. He top aided two GPs. Look, pa- Pascal is you know well. See, here's the thing, right? They they removed uh, that need for the two top aiding two GPs. They essentially set a threshold, and they're like, if you get there, the top eight gets pro tour invites. Well, twelve hundred people, yes. Well, but how how long do you think it's going to be until a GP has eleven hundred ninety eight people? Well, but see, here's the thing. probably this year. <laughs> yeah, but they set it at twelve hundred, right? Like you have to set. That line, you have to make that line in the sand. It's kind of like, you know, for example, I remember uh, applying for university, right? And I had a, an average in, mathema- in mathematics and science of 89, and the line in the sand was 90. And it really sucks for me, but I didn't get there, and that's just too bad. Right, but not everybody thinks that way, and we're talking about a bunch of gamers. Everybody is looking to game the system some way, or change the system, or fix the system. If you set, like, the line has been set at 1,200. I think it's a fine line. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it works. It's, it's arbitrary, but it would have to be arbitrary well, anyway. Like he, but there will be a Pro Tour with 1,190, or GP with 1,190-odd players. The top four will already be qualified, and the top eight will all be not qualified. And people will start saying they should expand it. It was only X players off. That's going to happen. Again, it's harsh, but tough luck. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying it's going to happen. Well, I think your specific example is never going to happen. That's kind of extreme. 
to say that you have 1,198 people. Like, I, I agree that it, it's quite possible that you'll get a GP that breaches that threshold. But then to have the top four already queued and the top eight not, that's really pushing it. Well, but no, but there have been occasions where, like, three of the top four have already qualified, for example, right? Like, that's happened already. And, and I, I, I get that, but, you know... Essentially, I think one of the things that they're saying, right, is this number they most likely took, they looked at, essentially, their data. And I assume pretty much every GP in the States reaches this number or is very close to it. Uh, Recently, they haven't been. Like, uh, Toronto was just under 1,100. Right, but that's Canada, which I'm actually surprised. I was expecting a lot less people in in Toronto. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I thought it would be, like, over under, like, 800. I would like to see. I like. I like what they've done with the WMC and the WMCQs. Oh, you actually read that paragraph? Yeah. I like started and was just like, nope, I give up. I still think each country needs a national tournament. I can agree with that. Like that's something that needs to happen. Well, here here's the thing. So. Hear me out, because this was an idea that I know on Facebook I'm part of a certain groups, and in Canada, uh, for Canadians, this was a discussion that kind of happened. So here's like here's a suggestion that I have, that you know, just completely out there, but uh, is that you have five qualifiers in Canada? Okay. Okay. So you have, say, you have you'd have what? You'd have like say one in Vancouver, one in Alberta. One in Ontario, one in Montreal, and then one uh, somewhere out in the Atlantic region, right? So, and I, it's the number I'm using is five for Canada because that's what kind of fits. So, essentially, those qualifiers, if you reach the threshold for Planeswalker points, you get to go to. What happens there is if you make the top four for that, so the top four from each uh, region, so you have 20 people, plus uh, the basically one, well, actually, you don't even have. I guess you can add in the one more for, like, the top earner of Planeswalker points, but you don't even need that. So let's say the top four from those five tournaments, those 20 people, are then invited to a national tournament. So that you okay. so that you have, and then those 20 people play for the four spots on the national team. That, yeah, okay, that seems a lot. Yes, well, that would be excessive, especially with the travel. Well, I, I get that it's a lot, and even then, like, you can essentially just say, like, you know, take, you know, the top two or something like that. But if you can essentially, I, I don't think, you're never going to get back nationals the way it was. And I understand by having these WMCQs, what they do is they can spread them out, right? Well, they didn't last year. Like, look at Canada. They did it better in the States than they did in Canada. In the States, they had one on the West Coast, one about as central as you can get. I mean, St. Louis is the freaking gateway city, for crying out loud. And then they had one East Coast-ish. In Canada, we had two within five hours of each other. Right, but there's also there's a dispro- disproportionate amount of people that live within Quebec and Ontario, right? There's also a disproportionate amount of people in the northeast of the U.S. Where was Just it around New York East? City. Where was it on the east coast? Baltimore. Well, that's within driving distance of the northeast. Yes, but they only had one there. The other one was sent, they had it was Baltimore, St. Louis, and L.A., Right, I get that. Where do you want to put the third one? I want to put one in Halifax, one in Toronto, and one in Calgary or Vancouver. See, you're you're very biased towards the east. 
No, I'm not biased towards these. People from Montreal can drive to Halifax just as easily as they can drive to friggin', I don't know. How far is it to Halifax? Well, eight hours, nine hours? Ten hours at least. Okay, but if that was your... You'd drive to Toronto for a WMCQ if you were qualified, would you? I actually didn't last year. Uh, Okay, let's see. If you drive through the States, which actually doesn't really seem to have... Okay, if you take the main route, it's 12 hours. If you drive through the States, it's... Actually, it's longer. So, yeah, it's 12 hours to get drive to Halifax. Okay, but the thing is, how long... Uh, so, Travis, do you know roughly how long it is from Baltimore to St. Louis? Uh, probably about 11, 12 hours. <clears throat> yeah, but St. Louis is for the people in the middle. Yeah, so Halifax is for the people out east. Do you know how easy it is to uh, to qualify for a WMCQ this year? It, I'm qualified. It's well, you were almost qualified last year. Yes, but that was in a season. <laughs> All right, it's true. It was. This is in the whole year. Uh, I, I I think for obviously for some of the smaller countries they couldn't do that, but I think what they could do is essentially just kind of make it so that you have say four. Actually, I, actually, I don't even think four tournaments is unreasonable. So, like, let's say for Canada, you'd have one out east to satisfy Chris. You'd have Montreal, Toronto, and then, you know, say Calgary or something like that, right? And then you'd kind of, like, take, I don't know, say the top two from there. Or, no, well, top four and then kind of have a national tournament. Because I don't, because you can't have nationals. It's much more fair the way they have it now than it was before, Right. Because, like, when they had nationals in Calgary, there's, like, 50 people that showed up. I don't know. I wasn't around there. Okay. But, well, it was it was 150 is an exaggeration. But nationals but is it, a one-shot tournament. Well, I get that, but it's also, like, basically having it in Calgary, right, like, you essentially exclude a whole lot of people. Or having it somewhere, say, having it in Montreal, you exclude everyone from, like, Vancouver, unless they want to fly out for this tournament. Right, which is why you need more than one. But this is... This is a conversation that's excluding anybody who's not in Canada, right? Well, okay, let's well let's look at the states, right? So like let's say you have one, actually you can put it in smack dab in Las Vegas, right? Uh then if you want, you can have one say in the northeast. So, you know, get Seattle, you'd have one in Texas, you can have one in St. Louis or Chicago, which is more or less the middle. I realize Adina would be mad cuz I'm basically jumping over Wyoming and Montana and all that. Then, so they don't count it. Right? And then you can have, like, you know, North... Uh, they have North people? <laughs> you can have New York and you can have Florida. Like, I understand that since the teams are four, right, and the person with the most pro points... Actually, I kind of have an issue with that as well. Well, no, I think the person with the most pro points needs a slot. I really do, because otherwise, what do they, you know... Why did they change what, it? Yeah, who's who's the national champion? There isn't one. You need to have something like that. But if you don't spread the qualifiers out better, there are whole chunks of people who won't get to play in them. That's all I'm saying. Like last year, with the way they spread it out, no one in the Deep South really got to. I mean, St. Louis right, is I mean, sort of the center of the country, but it's the northern center. And Florida has a ton of people. Uh, Georgia has a ton of people. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, th- this is my personal opinion on Florida. I think Florida should just be extracted from the United States and set up a way out in the middle of the ocean so that it blocks hurricane, incoming hurricanes. I think that's what Florida is best used as for. I'm just, I'm just not going to touch that one at all. All right, final thing. 
that's on my list here. What new products would you like to see released? I want to see dual decks for Modern Masters. That would be awesome. I want to see um, Unscrewed, the third unset. <laughs> yep, yep. With some squirrel tokens? You, oh, you better believe it. <laughs> My second choice would be from the vault, squirrels. <laughs> I want to see a creature-type teenager. That seems awful. That is true. They, they aren't really human. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think for the dual decks for Modern Masters, you couldn't put huge money cards in there, obviously. All right, I, I can actually do you one better, because this is what mine is. I want to essentially see them print Modern Masters in such a way that you it'll kind of create, you know, say, a, I don't want to call it a price drift, but there's essentially going to be Mythics in Modern Masters. And I think those should still be printed at a lower quantity to maintain a certain value of them. But on the other side of the scale, I want to see them, like, print it in such a, to such an extent that things like commons and uncommons are not $10. That at most, they go to 2 Like, I think Spell Center is $10, right? Like, I'd be... Yeah. Like, I, I want to see them print in, in such an industrial quantity that, you know, you essentially have commons and uncommons. Like, commons are, you know, 50 uh, cents a dollar, and... Is this a product? How is this... How is this oh, product? no, but I meant for Modern Masters. Okay. Just in, like, the way that they print them there. Like, I... Obviously, if you could say, maybe shift it to... I don't know what the, the ratios are now but shift it to the Mythics are maybe slightly rare, and that the other cards are... And the no, 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 no. What do you... What, what? So you basically want them to mess with the rarities, so that Mythic in Modern Masters is even more Mythic than a normal Mythic? Well, slightly more, more Mythic. But no, I want, but, but, I want to see Modern Masters printed, like... I, I, I know the whole purpose I, of the I, I know they said Modern Masters is essentially going to be printed in a limited run, but I'd prefer it if it were... Slightly less limited, limited run. Well, there's going to be a crap ton of it opened at Vegas. Like, yeah, exactly. Astronomical amount. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think that's going to be an issue. No, th but, well, that I, don't I believe see, I but... may have said dual decks. I meant event decks. I don't think oh, I said that. Well, that, that's okay. I think people got you. But no, I want to see them to essentially that the extent that you know it's not just available over the summer. Like if I go in, say, you know, in October to my local store, right? We can do eight-man draft with Modern Masters still available. Well, who knows? Like, we don't know that at this point. Oh, no, but, but like, I, going, going on, like, wishlist thing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I agree with you. I would love to draft this day because it's going to be the closest thing to Cube that we're really going to get with Wizard Sanctioning, you know, in the real world. <sighs> yeah, yeah, we know you don't like Cube. Nah, 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 nah. I'll be playing Powered Cube on Moto, and you can just go and, you know, play whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll have to tag team a queue. Sweet. We'll record it. We'll make it like episode, you know, 67. I, I wouldn't mind that, actually. Like, we could sort of triple team a, or even quadruple team, and, like, all four of us on a cast and watch somebody stream. And, yeah, that'd be funny. All right. But the other you know, I, the other thing that I'd like, them to, that I'd like to see is... I'd like to see them take reprint cards from, you know, way back when into modern. Well, into, you know, standard and slash modern. 
Okay. So, like, for example, because uh, I actually went through the list of cards in, like, older sets. But, like, something, you know, like, reprint a Price of Progress. Right, which isn't, like, a huge deal. But, you know, it's just kind of nice to have. Reprint, well, this one would be a huge deal. Argothian Enchantress. So you basically... Oh, yeah, I'd love, love, love Argothian Enchantress to come back. Or even... But I would just like to see... So you basically want a new Chronicles that's standard legal. Oh, no, no, like, not not in a, in a separate set. Like, essentially reprint cards, uh, like, say, you know, two or three here or there per set. Like, for example, when they announced that they were printing uh, Dispate in Innistrad, like, I was I was just in love with that because I could play okay. with my Mirage. But so, so that's not a new product. I have one more. Okay. I want them to bring back the greatest prize in the history of Magic. The Invitational card? Yep. Oh, yeah. Either for the world champion or you know, the ter- player of the year or something, but there's so much excitement around that card every time, and there's, they stand out in the history of Magic so well, it's something they need to continue. I completely agree, and I think everybody was saying how the Players' Championship felt like the Invitational anyway. Yep. It's now the World Championship. I think making an Invitational card as the prize for that would be awesome. Agreed. I think the I think the one thing you'd kind of have to set in that though is if you were to make that a prize, is uh, Yuya would have to be banned after they introduced <laughs> that year one because if not he'd just win them all and he can't just have a card of Yuya every year. Uh, <laughs> I think also you'd have to have it so that you know the card gets printed within a couple of years, otherwise the player like who's even heard of Tiago Chan these days? Like not many people know who he is. Well, that's because he's locked Or Ali Rade. I mean, they just... The, given them these cards are so fantastic. How, how do you not know who Ali Rade is? Well, I do. Yeah. But, I mean... He was, but his card was printed while he was still relevant. Yes, but if I go down at the store and I show what Sylvan Safekeeper was his... Yes. Yes. Who is going to know that that's what that is? Okay, but the same could be said for Meddling Mage. The thing is, what I'm saying is, make the card while the player is still relevant. Can you imagine... Just say the SCG Invitational had a card printed. Also, I, and, but, I'm not sure Stillman Safekeeper is the right example, because that was printed, like, I think five or six years after he won. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, like, okay. for example, uh, uh, Avalanche Riders, which was Darwin Castle, was pretty yeah, much was pretty printed, strange. like, right away. Mike Long yeah. had Root Water Thief, which was printed right away. So, like, which, but, which was cool to see, because, you know, these are people that are, still, that are pros, that still play, that are still relevant, you know, that they get a card. Can you imagine though that if if they print something and the guy and they the guy gets his card made and then gets like suspended for eighteen months right afterwards? <laughs> also, if they automatically in the card too. <laughs> also, yeah, that'd be a nice addendum. Uh, what they have to do though is if they do bring back the invitational card, you can't change the art on it. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm all. Speak, I'm speaking to you, Solomon Meddling Mage. All right. So we've got a quite the wish list here, folks. I think uh, we can wrap that up nicely and move along to the random moment of geekery. Will, go! Travis, go instead. I need to load mine up. Chris, go instead. <laughs> oh, for flaming nipples' sake. Okay, that needs to be cut out. This is a PG-13 show. Did you, say li- <laughs> did you say layman's nipples? No, I said flaming nipples. Uh. I I shall break all tradition and go with my moment of geekery first. I went me, to see me, The me, Hobbit. Me, me, me. 
with my son uh, at a pre-screening for my LGS because my LGS owner is the greatest human being on the planet. And it was good, not great. The special effects were amazing. I did see it in IMAX 3D in the 48 frames per second, which everybody's complaining about and saying, oh, my God, who watches in 48? Every movie ever has been shot in 24. Human eye can't detect more than 30. Stop your whining. But it was very, very, very good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, it wasn't an epic, but then The Hobbit isn't an epic, so you shouldn't really expect one. It isn't. It kind of bothers me that there it's three movies. Uh, who cares, man? They're putting in stuff from the Silmarillion, which I never managed to get through as a kid. It just bored me to tears. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of that material. Tisk tisk. Fair enough. Okay. Right, one of you gentlemen has yours ready. I just posted mine. All right. Honor of you. Seeing as it is the Christmas game. season, it is a set of ornaments that if any listener out there would like to gift me with, I would be happy to receive. We have a complete right. superhero set. Except that Green Lantern one. Smash it. Why do you, Why do you hate the Green Lantern? What's the like about the Green Lantern? He's green. It's not easy being green, you know. Comet told me. He has the most awesomely horrible weakness in the history of comics. The color yeah. yellow. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, oh, it's a fantastic set of ornaments. I do agree. They're, they're quite cool. Although, there are some who see some sacrilege here. Yeah, Captain America and with all the DC people? Yeah. <laughs> and no Spider-Man? Like, really? The Spider-Man is less iconic than the Flash or Green Lantern? I would say it was just harder to come up with the, the single design you for can, Spider-Man. You can just put a spider on it. The, the old crest that he has in the middle of his chest. How hard is that? Eh. Well, get on it. Make a Spider-Man one. Yeah, I'll do that. Don't worry. All right, well, moment of geekery. Okay. Uh, actually, it's moment of geekery slash some random stuff from before the show. Uh, so, uh, Quebec Winter Carnival ends uh, the weekend of the Pro Tour. Yeah. So, when you go back, it, so, like, GB Quebec is the week after. So, yeah, it would have been better if basically they could say, well, you can go up to Quebec for a week and spend it at Carnival. Uh, secondly, my death rate shame and foils were 40 bucks. Yes, it is. That's a, that's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> I traded for my two at 16, so I'm quite happy. Well, that's cool. Uh, all right. Where is... Ah, uh, here we go. There is a video that I found of uh, people doing Taekwondo, and one of them is doing Gangnam Style fight Taekwondo. <laughs> so you can, you can look at this. I, I don't necessarily approve of his method being a guy. But it uh, it's certainly entertaining. <laughs> okay, I'll give that one a look when I'm tr- not trying to concentrate. Oh, you sh- now? No, you should watch it. It's it's like ten seconds long. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to say that. All right, Travis, I'm yeah, going to no, tell no, you hold, now. Hold up, hold up. I wasn't done. Calm down. <laughs> the second one is uh, the other day. I had uh, Han Solo and Carbonite uh, ice cubes. This is uh, Death Star ice cubes. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, I haven't seen the Death Star ones. And there was something else, but I think we can probably skip it. Oh, yeah. want? Calm down. Yeah, they're like. I got my first T-shirt off T-shirt Roundup. You rotten, horrible people, introducing (laughs) me to that site. What was it? It was uh, a gunslinger-inspired one by Stephen King. Okay, I don't know who that is. I know who Stephen King is. I don't know who the gunslinger. Dark Tower. Oh, you horrible person. 
I've been re- that's been recommended to me recently. I should probably pick that up. Yeah, yes, you, you, you know what the only problem with that book series is is you that you book, book four. Well, well, there's that, but there's also like it goes one to seven, right? And I love having the same book format, like so they can have my collection on it. And like finding one to seven in the same format is ridiculous. Like I yep. have one four that came out in one version, and then like five to seven came out in another version. I was just like, this looks awful on my bookshelf. Someone needs to fix this. Okay. <laughs> First world problem. Okay, w- watch the Taekwondo Gangnam style, and then you'll stop being grumpy. Travis, you should go first for shout-outs, because I know I have a ton from GP Toronto, and I'm sure Will does too. Okay, mine are very simple. Shout-out to my uh, teammates, Team Girth, and shout-out... I'm going to go ahead and plug my wife. Shout-out to my wife. <laughs> Please wait until you're off the air to start plugging your wife. But that's it for me for shout-outs. Well, shout-outs. All right. Since we haven't mentioned it the entire cast... Uh, well done. Good restraint. <laughs> a shout-out to me for making day two. Whoop, whoop! Called it. I was I was quite impressed with myself. And uh, Tell them why. Because in round nine, I was facing off against black-white tokens, and he had seven spirits in play which essentially represented that I was dead next turn, and off my Dark Confidant trigger, I reveal a Maelstrom Pulse for the win. That's not why. Fine, tell them. Well, there were two reasons why. (laughs) One of them was in your match against Eggs, when the guy cast Reshape uh, with two mana, he left two mana floating, But he didn't announce X, and he went and found an Elsewhere Flask. So when you don't announce X, it's presumed to be for all mana in your mana pool. So the judge who was watching the match ruled that he had no mana floating, which effectively prevented him from going off that turn. I actually did have him dead anyways, but that is true. Uh, Who was the the judge? Uh, I'm going to guess. It was some, like... Random guy. I don't know what his name was. I've never. Seen, I don't think I've ever seen him before. It was me, you dork. Yeah, I don't think. I've oh, ever so seen you're saying, before. yeah, you cheated Will into uh, the next game? I, yeah, not at all. I didn't cheat Will in at all. I enforced the rules, just like I enforced the rules when KYT tried to cast a Geistus in Trap without the correct mana. And also, actually, what was did it feel good to put KYT in his place? It did. <laughs> actually, what was hilarious about that? Uh, like, that specific interaction was because had he gone off, I had him because I had a Rakdos Charm in hand. But I only had two Raging Ravine uh, up, so Rakdos Charm requires a black. But as it so happens, I had a Deathrite Shaman in play, and he had a fetch land in his graveyard. So yeah. he, he basically went off not fearing Rakdos Charm, when in reality, I had it. Although technically, he didn't go off, because, yeah, Elsewhere Flask. I, uh, Elsewhere Flask costs two, not zero. Also, there was another reason that you made day two. <sighs> Yes. What is nice, very nice about this second reason, is that the way that I place my deck on my playmat, it covers up me. <laughs> so Will was using the Horde of Notions playmat. Like a gigantic dork. <laughs> Not only did no one... Well, okay, aside from the fact... Wait, that, the old Horde of Notions playmate that does not feature the Squirrel Master. That's correct. Right. So uh, in day one... I, no one had any idea what it was, although one guy thought that Chris Lansdell was Riker from Star Trek. <laughs> so he's like, oh, you have 
uh, Star Trek playmat. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Riker's on your playmat. I was like, oh, yeah, not quite, but thanks. <laughs> I was one. And the only actual person who recognized it was uh, my last round opponent, who was Alexander Hain. And mostly because the only reason he really took attention to it was because I was trolling him. So naturally, he had to troll me back. <laughs> because even as a GP, when it was competitive rules enforcement, I will still troll Alex. Good. Any other shout-outs? Oh, yeah, right. Those were on my shout-outs. Uh, okay, I haven't watched it yet. It's being recorded now, and it's probably going to be amazing. But a shout-out slash random moment of geekery uh, for this season of Dexter, which has definitely kicked it up a notch. And uh, I'm going to watch this episode, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to be pumped for next season. Uh, after that, a uh, shout-out to uh, the guys that I went down in the car with, uh, Jambor, Lambert, and Mazeros. That was a bunch of fun okay. for the car ride. An anti-shout-out uh, an anti to the car com- the rental company that I rented the car from, who, for some reason, I had reserved at $10 a day, yet they were like, oh, it's $30 a day, and I was like, nice try. And for the hotel, <laughs> who lost my reservation. They did that to a lot of people. Right. When I showed up, and they are like, yeah, so we have... One double bed. I was like, we're four. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I booked a room, two beds in it. They're like, oh. So we actually got a floor on a key uh, locked room, so Lansdale did not have access. I didn't want access. You did not have access, so stop trying to save face. Okay, whatever. And... uh you have to give a shout-out to Jake Bazaros for being epic sax guy at the mana-deprived party. Actually, a shout-out to Mr. I, I didn't go to the party because after round nine, I had this massive migraine and I just wanted to go to bed. So yeah. although I did miss out on an extremely good time, and a, I mean, it has to be a good time when you can get Sam Black to dance on a table. Uh, <laughs> so I, I guess shout-out to Mr. Scotty Mack because so far all the prose articles that I've read of GP Toronto not one of them mentions the party, so I felt bad for him. So a shout-out to Mr. Scotty Mac. And even though you didn't fulfill your goal making day two, keep uh, keep streaming modern, because uh, I think it's fantastic. And Will and I will constantly show up to villain you. Yes, that too. And, of course, shout-out to Jake Mazaris for being an epic sax guy. Um, all right, is it my turn? You done? Except he didn't do it properly. The bet with It was good, though. Yeah, but the bet with Alex was he was supposed to show up at the GP, uh, no shirt on with uh, the suspenders and play a uh, careless whisper. Oh, but that's not epic. Sack. That would that wouldn't have been as epic. No, that would have been even better because he would have been escorted away by police. Okay, so my shout-outs. First and foremost, shout out to Extra Balls Chris Doyle's for beating Gaudenis Vidagiris on day one in round five to go to four and one. Um, the best part of this was that the other guys from Newfoundland took a picture of the match slip while Go was still sitting at the table, and he got a little salty. <laughs> that was hilarious. How much uh, is a little salty? Uh, ridiculously salty. Like, I'm not signing your playmat. <laughs> well, like, in comparison to... Did he ask him to sign his playmat? Oh, yeah, they all did. <laughs> After beating him? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, nope. Well, see... <laughs> See, this is where See, mandatory handshakes, man, I'm telling you. Put oh, he did handshake. He just didn't sign the point. Put some civility no. in this game. I, when I saw who he was playing, because I was on floor coverage, my mouth dropped. 
because like that was every well, that was his big goal was to make day two and to beat a pro. Uh, he missed day two, but he he did beat a pro, and he was very very happy with that. So combined, we got we met his goals. Yeah, because I didn't. Well, I mean, I beat Matt Lynn, but I didn't beat any name pros. Pros. No, but he was he was happy. He went. I think he finished six and three, so he wasn't far off. Nope, just one win. Uh, big shout out to Ethan as well for top eighting the Mana Deprived Super Series. Uh, we tried to talk him into playing Blue White in the main event, but he was convinced he could play this Esper Brew he'd come up with. Then he played Blue White in the side event and top eight it. On a side note, but things not to do in the finals when you're well, your top four is to say, I don't care how we split as long as I get the trophy. That will get you DQ'd. I'm not going to comment on that. Okay. I'm, I was standing right there. <laughs> um, so, like, easiest DQ in your life? I mean, aside from someone rolling dice? Well, except for the fact that the head judge was also sitting directly in front of him, so I didn't have to say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but that's, no. that's actually how it went down. Uh, further shout-outs. Uh, to all the judge staff, it was an amazing weekend for me. I had a great time, learned a ton. I got to uh, take charge of all the grinders, all the GPTs on uh, on the Friday, so I got a chance to show some leadership skills and to organize. That was really good. Uh, shout out to the guy I certified for level one, uh, William Ray. Uh, he told me he listens to the show, so that was great. Shout out to all the listeners who came up to me and thanked me for the show and for Judge Cast North and for writing my articles. Uh, it means a lot when people come up to me. And I think, Will, you had a couple come up to you as well, didn't you? I know Charlotte did for Judge Cast North. Uh, no, Charlotte didn't come up to me. No, but a couple of people came up to you about Horde of Notions. Nope. I got oh, really? zero horn. No the, no, the only comments I ever got from people were you run <laughs> mad at a drive, right? <laughs> I actually, and it was great because the people here locally, they, I'm just another guy to them. But when the guys from here saw people coming up to me and thanking me for the show, like they didn't quite understand it. They were all kind of shocked. I don't understand Which, it. I have no idea yeah. who these people are. No one ever comes up to me. And I mean, I, well, I'm, I, I'm a slightly nice guy. You are a nice guy, but the thing is, you're not as in your face as I am. So I guess people just know me more. Uh, who else do I have to give shout-outs to? Oh, I I'll give a shout-out to Lance Dell, who wouldn't let me sit at the judge conference on Friday. His exact words were, are you a judge? No? Then get the bleep out of here. <laughs> I did so, not say that. So that is why you want your level one judge. Certification. I so did not say that. I want to give a shout-out to everybody who thanked me for my seminar at the judge conference, including Jackie Lee. Uh, that was quite nice. Uh, she was there because she's a level one judge. Uh, shout-out to PV, who was good to meet him, and to LSV, has finally met him as well. Uh, Owen Turtenwald, who's a really nice guy. I think I mentioned that earlier. Uh, shout-out to Andrea for making my epic 10 days even epica. Yes, that's a word. Sure. Um, shout out to Legacy, which is awesome. I had a great deal of fun with that. And shout out to the guys at Face to Face Games, who are hopefully coming down for the CMT in St. John's in February. I'm really looking forward to that and having them here. And uh, they gave me a, a good deal at the GP when I wanted to ship my judge foils. So, always a pleasure dealing with them. Not only that, but uh, they had a really cool Canadian playmat. They did. Although, uh, you know what, uh, one of the jokes that I heard that someone was upset with them for doing that? Because what? now uh, Americans can buy them. So when they go to European GPs, uh, Europeans would be nice to them because they thought they were Canadians. 
<laughs> I thought that was funny. But uh, they also had some uh, really cool tokens. Yep, Captain Canada one. Yep. And the Sal ones are pretty cool, i got to say. Yeah, I, I ordered two of the uh, Sal scroll tokens with my last purchase. <laughs> yeah, we the, the, they've, they've done some good things for Canadian Magic recently. I mean, apart from sponsoring us, they also work closely with Mana Deprived. They're sponsors of the Super Series. Uh, the uh, GP, they had a huge presence at. Presence at. They're going to be at Proton Montreal. Well, not only they that, didn't... but uh, Jackie Lee was playing in the Super Series. Yeah, yeah. So it's not uh, they just... did an awesome job with their PTQ. And they've got another one coming up, haven't they, Will? They do indeed. On the 14th of January. Uh, 14th, the 19th of January. For... And that'll be modern. It will be modern. It gets you a trip to Ireland, so that's cool. I thought it was San Diego. I thought San Diego was the last one. I don't know. Either way, it's a Pro Tour qualifier, so it doesn't really matter where you get a trip to. You're going on the Pro Tour. <laughs> well, admin- I mean, admittedly, I'd prefer a trip to Ireland, right, than San Diego. Sure. So, yeah, big shout-out to those guys. Always a pleasure dealing with you, and can't wait to see you in St. John's. And I think that's all I have. I'm sure there's a dozen people I've forgotten. Uh, oh, uh, big shout-out to Gavin Duggan. He, he's uh, not only got his PhD, we presented him with a lab coat signed by all the Canadian Level 2s at the GP. That was pretty epic. It was quite fun. We had two judge dinners. Big shout-out to Jeff Foster and Rick Salomon for being absolutely hilarious. Uh, we had some epic conversations at the dinner table at Montana's, and then the next night at uh, Milestones was even funnier, so... Yeah, shout out to Jeff Foster. I feel bad for you, dude. You had to hang out with Lansdale. <laughs> Not only did he have to hang out with Lansdale, he, he was me on Sunday. Be you, yeah. That, that must have been awful for him. <laughs> that was great. All right, so uh, on that note, let's wrap this baby up. For Travis, for GP Day 2 competitor Will, and for the absent Adina, this is Chris saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of Notion. Hell, brother. Roll the mud. Shut up.